Hello, and welcome to Living Her Legacy, a podcast that celebrates and serves mamas who are choosing to live their best lives after starting their families. I'm your host, Jill Sutton, and thank you so much for joining today. I hope you guys are all rested and recuperated after Thanksgiving break. I know holidays can be tricky sometimes, especially as a mama, we're doing it all, it feels like. So hopefully you are back in the swing of things and have had a little bit of time to just spend with family and cherish those moments. As always, I want to ask that you follow along on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Jill G Sutton or at living her legacy podcast. I also have a YouTube channel started. I have gotten really behind in posting videos to the YouTube channel. So bear with me. They're coming. I just have not been prioritizing getting through those videos. Um, but I would love to see you over there if you're interested in watching them instead of just listening. I'm excited today because this is going to be the third installment of having my sister-in-law, Kelly Sutton, on the podcast. So for those of you that have been following her journey, she had been going through fertility treatments for literally the past year. By the time we recorded this episode, it had been a year to like the week that uh, I had had her on for her first interview and she had been starting fertility treatments and IUI and uh, just a synopsis of her story after six rounds of IUI, she got cleared for IVF and and yeah, so that's kind of where we were at with this episode. So if you haven't listened to her episodes, I encourage you to go back and take a listen. Her first episode is number 16 on my podcast, where we just kind of get started uh, talking about her journey and her update on her fertility journey was episode number 26. So I definitely encourage you to listen to those two and just kind of get caught up to speed as to where we are at today. This will be episode 48, which is just mind blowing that I've almost been podcasting for a year. Um, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Kelly and I, it is literally just like you inserting yourself in between the conversation of two friends. And it's a very casual conversation. We're talking about the process of IVF. I feel like it's relatable for a lot of women who have gone through fertility treatments and have maybe gone into IVF as um, their option for starting their family. So I hope you enjoy. If you've been following the podcast for a while, you know our guest for today, Kelly Sutton. She is my sister-in-law, and this is the third installment of her fertility journey. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me back again and again. <laughs> I'm really excited. We have been going through this. I actually looked, it would be a, a year to the date next week if we had scheduled this, Wow, that we had our first one. Is that wild? That's wild. Yeah. October 28th. So this one, this is, that's when we're recording this episode will most likely air in December of 2023. Um, so we have been following your fertility journey. Mm -hmm. And I think the last time we talked, we had decided you had been cleared to start IVF. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this was after six rounds of IUI. Mm -hmm. And so fill us in what's going on. So, uh, since then, I think it was sometime maybe in the spring or early summer when we talked, um, since then it 
it has taken me a while to get things um, in line and ready. Uh, I was on all kinds of hormones and in a weird um, way for whatever reason, birth control <laughs> to balance it out and then get you to the next month and then more hormones and on and on. Um, and it took me a few cycles to get there, but I finally was able to do my first IVF transfer. Uh, prior to that, I did egg retrieval. So um, since we last talked again, to recap that, just um, egg retrieval, hormone craziness, and then my first round of IVF transfer. Let's talk about it because we when we found out you were doing IVF, we knew like it was going to be very calculated. Like everything was like to the T, like what needed to happen when you needed to test, when you need to take medications. And, uh, surprisingly it felt like it took a while to get to where it was like actually transfer time. Right. And mm -hmm. that's something I think mm -hmm. I didn't know about IVF. I don't think you really knew about IVF because we were used to that IUI cycle where it was just like constant turnover. It was like, Okay, we, bam, bam. we inseminated, mm -hmm. whether you're pregnant or not, if you're not, then a week later or two weeks later, it was like round two, you know, and, and we just kept going. So let's kind of talk about the timeline a little bit of IVF. We talked about, you just said that you were on all sorts of like hormones and then no hormones. And it was like kind of back and forth trying to balance out these labs, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And that took quite a while because if something's not right, you have to wait on your next menstrual cycle to start to reset. So it's not one to two weeks. It's mm -hmm. usually three or four weeks. Yeah. And what was the frequency do you think you were going in to see the doctor during that early time? It was, was it just around your menstrual cycle that you would go in? So like once a month or more often than that? Um, well, yes. Once a month, and then if it didn't pan out, then they'd say, wait until your next cycle starts. Okay. Or they would say, take this hormone for a couple of weeks, and then when your next cycle starts. Yeah. So we finally got, what were we testing for? We were testing for estradiol. Yes. Which we finally got good. Finally. <laughs> yeah. And then I feel like there was something else that we were making sure was good. It was either a blood test or something that we were that we were doing also um there's fsh and i mean there's a few different things um lh fsh but the estradiol is the one the main one that they look at they do look at all three but mm -hmm. um that was the one that i couldn't get in line mm -hmm. they wanted that at base level which is 60 or below and mine was like the first time it was double then it was like quadruple <laughs> it was going in the opposite <laughs> direction now, was this all before egg retrieval? This was after. So this egg retrieval egg was retrieval. back in May. And mm -hmm. that was probably the most difficult to go through physically. Mm -hmm. um, as far as downtime. Two, yes, that was um, at least two weeks of um, injections, three, three shots a day. Um, and I thought that would be extremely hard. It wasn't as hard as I thought. Once you do a couple, you're fine. Cause I was giving them to myself. Um, that was not easy, but the pain that comes with that, because your ovaries are extremely swollen at that mm -hmm. point. And 
<clears throat> once you get ready for the actual retrieval, you're like, get this out of me. I feel like I'm bursting. So, um, once that happened, I was, so I couldn't work out that whole time because there's a risk of ovarian torsion. So I mm. wanted to take it easy. So I just took walks every day, um, which is hard on me mentally. Cause I work out every day, but I'm like, fine, two weeks I can do this. And then once I went in for the egg retrieval, he said, okay, so wait until your next cycle to start working out. And I was like, oh gosh, that's a whole nother two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so then it was a good month of no working out, which is ridiculous hard for me, but that is hard. It is. I mean, I get it. It's one month out of your life. So just suck it up and, and go for walks, right. but it's, it's a hard on yeah. someone who counts on that sort of therapy every day. Right. Um, uh, and then even when I did start working out, it was still a couple weeks of ramping. So I would say mm. about six weeks that I wasn't able to do my norm. You weren't at a hundred percent after the egg retrieval. Right. 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 Okay. Now tell me once they do the egg retrieval, what happens with the egg? Okay. So they retrieve the eggs. And when you wake up, you're like, okay, how many did I get? And, um, for me, I had 14, which was a big surprise because they were watching them. So I went to the doctor every like two or three days, they were watching them grow. And they were, from what I can understand from the scans, they were looking at about six of them. So when I woke up and they said 14, I was just blown away, which is a good thing. Um, but you never know. It could be different each, each yeah. month. Um, so then they call you on day one, day three, and day five to let you know how they're progressing. So for me, they called me the next day on day one, and I had 11 mature and 11 were fertilized. Um, at that point, they, uh, they do their thing in the lab and then they just watch them grow. Um, which is a really cool process once I talked to that. Um, once I, once I realized like all the steps and all the people involved, it's insane. It's not just a doctor and a nurse or mm -hmm. a sonographer. It's like so many, so many hands in the pot here. And then, um, and this is over the weekend. So they are just around the clock, just watching these little embryos. And then they call me on day three and they call me on day five. So on day five, I had eight that were, um, good. And I opted, not everyone has to do this, but I opted for genetic testing and they sent them off, um, to a lab. Well, they did a, um, 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 where they just scrape a few of the cells cells mm -hmm. off and they sent them off to a lab and they tested, um, to make sure they were genetically viable. And that resulted in four. Mm. Wow. Which I was very pleased with. Yeah. So four viable, genetically okay embryos. Correct. And that just means they're growing correctly. That doesn't, and, and dividing, multiplying the number of cells, that doesn't mean that it's 100% going to work, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. but through the way that they can test them. Biopsy, yeah. that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> Biopsy. Biopsy, yeah, that's yeah. what they do when they scrape. And um, so at that point, they get, what's really amazing to me is they could tell you if it's a boy or girl at that point, 
at five days. So um, I don't want to know the That's sex insane. of my baby. <laughs> so I was weird about when they called me about that. I was like, if it's like all boys, don't tell me. And if it's all girls, don't tell me. But if it's like two and two, that's fine. You could tell me because then it'll still be a 50-50 chance. So coincidentally, I had two boys and two girls. So it's still a surprise. (laughs) That's so wild. It's so wild. (laughs) I'm so glad that you're doing that. And I think that is going to be just really fun along the way because- I know, mm-hmm. I know you personally and right. <laughs> um, this is, this is going to be, this is going to be a weird comment maybe, but I know how much you engage with the people around you. Like when you go to the doctor, your doctor becomes like your best friend. Like when you go oh, to yeah. the nail salon, <laughs> the, the tech <laughs> is your best friend. Like, you know, everything about them when you leave. And that's just, that's just who you are. So I do think like having this little, like we're not finding out is going to be, people are going to invest in that a lot because I don't Mm -hmm. know, it's just a cool thing. And it is like when we did it, we, it was such a rare thing. Like they were like, yeah, we might have two a month, two babies a month that they don't know what it is. Like, it's just very rare in the amount of babies that they're delivering all day, every day and night, you know? So, um, I think that's going to be really fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I copied my brother and sister-in-law on that one. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. So they have the embryos and now what happens? They, they freeze them until however long it takes you to get ready for your transfer. Um, for me, that was a while. <laughs> I, I wasn't really prepared for the amount of time just cause I'm a little impatient and I was like, ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. Uh, but you really, it is not your timing. Um, mm-hmm. and my body I, I was taking the medication as prescribed, but my body was still on its schedule. <laughs> and so the medication was to prevent me from ovulating, but my body kept going. Mm-hmm. So, which I don't know, kind of torn on that. Cause it's like, yeah, you want your body to respond to medication, but it's like, well, my body's doing what it's supposed to do. So, right. <laughs> Yeah. And you were flip-flopping so much where it's like all that time before egg harvesting, I guess we could call it that you're trying mm-hmm. to ovulate as best as you can. So they're promoting many all this eggs. ovulation with right. this stuff. Right. And then you turn around and it's like, you put on the brakes and all of a sudden, yeah, you're not supposed to ovulate anymore. She was like, to produce eggs they were like, you like, have what? three follicles. And I was like, oh, well, what am I supposed to have? And they were like, none. And I was like, well, last month, you wanted me to have all of them. What, what, how am I supposed to tell my body this? Yeah. So it took how long before, you know, from egg harvest till you were re- ready for this transfer? Let's see. I did that in May. And so it takes, they don't like immediately go into transfer mode, like June. So I'd say like July, the end of June or July, I was trying to start the actual process and getting my hormones Mm -hmm, there. mm -hmm. Um, And I was not able to transfer until September. Okay. Which it's not the end of the world. I I understand that, but (laughs) it's like every couple weeks you're like I'm ready I'm ready this is it this is the one and it's not the one (laughs) yeah you go in for testing and something's still off right and once you get one down it's like well this one was a little elevated and we wanted it below 
whatever. Yeah. And again, this goes back to them being like so particular about every single level right. to have the most optimal right. conditions to do right. this egg transfer. Right. And I was so, so thankful for that, that they were looking into this and they were very apologetic. Like the doctor doesn't think this is the right time when we're really sorry. I'm like, no, it's, I want to wait till it's perfect. Like mm -hmm, <laughs> I don't mm -hmm. want to waste these embryos, these four precious embryos that I have. Right. I want it. It's got to be just right. So let's say things were optimal the like from the get-go just to like put it in people's perspective i guess even if they um took the embryos out fertilized them and is there such thing as a fresh transfer for ivf there is yes okay. that would be no genetic testing no genetic testing that means just no freezing of the egg right right what is the turnaround time for like a fresh transfer? Well, I'm assuming they like it would still be a month, right? In line already. Um, from your egg retrieval, they can do it like three days or five days. Oh, really? So some people, mm -hmm. if everything's super optimal, IVF could be done within the same month. Correct. Retrieval and. and Mm -hmm. And I don't know how extensive the testing is for that. For me, I'm like mind blown. If someone can like go from egg retrieval to like have yeah. things ready, that's great. Um, but me, I knew I wanted to do genetic testing. So maybe my body would have been ready yeah. like that if I yeah. didn't opt for genetic testing. I just didn't want to, I mean, if you think about it in my case, those would have been eight embryos that I would have tried they might've selected one of the good ones the first time, or they might've picked, you know, one yeah. or two of the not so good ones. So then that's however many transfers that you have that could have been prevented. And like I said, yeah. it's not 100% preventable because this doesn't mean it's still hundred percent, but. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I would love to kind of get an average time for between that between yeah i would love to egg find removal and i'm like do i even try a quick google search that sounds awful <laughs> um no it's i mean i feel like we think it's like a quick turnaround but i think for most people it probably isn't right right um i know that some people travel to see their doctor um if they're like out of town out of state you know yeah really pushing and not not needing to do genetic test sometimes their egg retrieval might only result in two embryos whereas i had eight so yeah. i was able to say oh let's weed out these ones that we know are not going to work um if if there was only one or two eggs or embryos then it might be like oh let's just do this transfer yeah because this is what we got to work with here so yeah that's also a thing to I know that they can do them on day three if they're like pushing for time. Um, yeah, that's they what prefer to do five. That's kind of what I'm saying. Seeing is Dr. Google says <laughs> five days um, is the fastest, um, but a typical one is six to eight weeks. So at least two, you're looking at about two months, right? Okay. Yours was what? Four. Mm-hmm. May. Mm. Yes. 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 Yeah. About four months. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
All right. So because it takes, it takes about two weeks to get your genetic testing results back. So they have mm -hmm. to freeze them because mm -hmm. you don't want them growing. Yeah. In yeah. The meantime. So you get all that, your body gets lined up. They clear you for transfer. Mm -hmm. How was, what was that like? Um, for me, it was exciting. Finally. Yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the things, one of the, okay. So they wanted something at like 60 and below, um, the estradiol Estrada, and yeah. mine was like 33 or something like that. So I was like, Ooh, finally. And then mm -hmm. they wanted, I should have like looked back at my notes for this, um, something at one or below and I was checking my lab results that day and it was like right at one. And I was like, oh gosh, are they going to make me? Cause it, yeah, it was like one point something. Are they going to make me like, wait again? Are they going to make me wait again? But they were like, no, we're right at the, you know, the maximum. So we'll go ahead with it. Um, but that was very relieving, very exciting. I'm like, finally, my body is doing what it's, it was, you know, supposed to do now with me they were trying to do a programmed cycle, which is why I was on so many of the hormones and trying to work around my ovulation. But what we decided after a couple months of that, of my body still ovulating and doing its own thing, that we're going to do a natural cycle. So they worked with my ovulation to let me ovulate instead of trying to stop my body from ovulating. But with that, you do have to go to the doctor um, for ultrasound a couple more times leading up to it because they just, they, they get your body to pretend like it's, a, they're about to inseminate it, even though they're going to do the own embryo. So your mm -hmm. body is still producing eggs mm -hmm. and they work with the timing of that. So it's a little more complicated, a little more in depth. You have, that's why you have to go to the office and they have to watch them grow. Once they get to a certain measurement, then they say, okay, do this trigger shot and come in 36 hours later. Yeah. How many shots do you feel like you've done during this process? I should have counted them. I don't know. I have a chart. I kept all the chart that I did a checklist of and Count them and I mean, get it back to us at some point. Cause I, I will do that. I will definitely. It's insane. Do that. It's insane. The process. Um, it is. It's, it's a very selfless process. It is. <clears throat> so you get a date to go in for transfer. I get a date to go in for transfer. Yes. And you go it in was on a and... Sunday, a okay. cold rainy Sunday. <laughs> 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 My friend Lauren uh, met me there. And, um, it was, it was very quiet in the office cause it's like attached to the hospital. So there was no one at the hospital, just my doctor's office was open for like people like me that the timing was just then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it was super low key. I loved it. They just came out into the hallway. The door was locked. They came out into the hallway. They got us. Um, we went back. I did the whole like gown. She had to scrub up and down and really um, the hair yeah oh yeah <laughs> um and it was so it was like my nurse my doctor my um embryologist um 
there was someone on the ultrasound there was an assistant to her so maybe five I'm thinking plus Lauren and I um and it was really cool it was all female mm -hmm. crew so yeah it was just they did like some music and they turned the lights down it was very relaxing it's very emotional yeah Lauren shed a tear I tried to Aww. not because I didn't want everything to contract but <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't want to mess anything up <laughs> right right wow um now one of the things that we've kind of gone back and forth on is how far along are you which we found out but like you know like when they put it in you it's kind of like how many weeks because they freeze it so then does like your week count stops right. when they freeze it so we thought it, you were what five weeks right when they so put it in you is that what we were assuming when they yes but once they do the transfer you are two weeks and five days because they time out because mm. the, the embryo was frozen at five mm -hmm. days so mm -hmm. they time out the transfer to be line okay. up with your body to be those five days so, so you're two weeks and five days and five days mm -hmm, when they do the transfer gotcha okay all right so they do the transfer and, do you go back in after mm -hmm. at all for follow-ups yes so I went back in um I think mine was like right at nine ten days to do a test for HCLG HCG, MNOP, something like that. <laughs> HCG. Um, so I went in to test. Um, and <clears throat> that tells you if you're pre pregnant or not. Anything above like like five or ten or some number like that, you are pregnant. But and I know this is weird because it's black and white. Are you pregnant or are you not? But in my case, I have been pregnant before but that number was very low. Mm -hmm. So their words to me at the time were, yes, you are pregnant, but it's very low, which could mean that your body is not accepting it. Or, you know, there was a chromosomal abnormality and your body is winding down from the pregnancy. Um, and it happens quick sometimes. Um, so when I got the news that I was pregnant because it was um, positive result, the number mm -hmm. was um, in the 200s. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, I was pleased with that, but it was still like, hold your breath because mm -hmm. it's, is that a strong enough number? Is that not a strong, like, yeah. so, and it, and it just depends on what day it actually you know, it happened and how far, how many days you've waited nine to 10. Mm. Sometimes they wait like 12 to 15. So there's no like particular number or range that makes it right yeah, or good. So I'm like, yes, I'm pregnant, but how pregnant am I? <laughs> mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I had to go back two days after that. The goal is that it doubles every 48 hours. So that was you like did 400 or greater at this next visit. Correct. And the next visit resulted in, it was six something. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it was we definitely trending the pregnant direction. It was. 
Correct. Correct. Excellent. All right. So this, that was like the week after transfer doing these tests. It was like, um, about, it was like nine to and 11 days. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. So within the first two weeks of transfer. Yeah. You had these blood tests and that was just blood tests, right? For HCG. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. And all the while and you're then, saying, don't tell me the sex of the baby. Don't tell me. Sex, Cause any blood test could bring it up too. Don't tell me the sex of me. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. I mean, yeah. if they're testing, I, I know that they can do a blood test at like eight or nine weeks and you can get the sex of it mm-hmm. instead of waiting until the anatomy scan. So I know I've known people to do that. <laughs> um, so I just, I knew that that was a possibility, but okay. So then they said you need to wait and then you'll come in for your ultrasound in approximately two weeks. So I had to wait again. <laughs> yes. And in, in my past experience, I have been pregnant and I went in for an actual ultrasound, but there was no baby and no heartbeat, even though mm-hmm. my numbers were trending to be pregnant. So I'm still just on the edge. Yes, I'm pregnant. Am I pregnant enough? Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. it going to be viable? So still on the edge, still on the edge. So we wait out the two weeks, we get that. Wait out the two weeks. appointment, go in. It happened actually um, just this week, this past Tuesday. My BFF was right beside me holding my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and um, there was a beat. So we're good. But That's at right. that point, I was seven weeks. So it's still like super early. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking that up now too, because I really feel like, like to the, to the commoner, we call this, the baby had a heartbeat, but technically I don't know that it's, I think it's like a, I don't know, doctor. Let's see at the end of the fourth week of gestation, the heartbeats of the embryo begin the heart whose development starts at the third week of gestation has rapid and irregular contractions capable of pumping blood inside the vessels. It's not fully developed until about 10 weeks, but I mean, that's still pretty quick in the pregnancy. Correct. Yeah. So I I don't think they call it a heartbeat on the doctor's end, but for us, I think it's safe to call it that. Yeah. Yeah. It starts around five weeks usually. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Crazy. So I'm pregnant, very pregnant. Everything is good. And baby is growing. Baby's the size of a raspberry. Raspberry. (laughs) Every app has a different thing. I know. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So at the time of recording this, you are seven weeks and five days. Some days. Four days, seven weeks and five days. Four-ish. Yeah. Something like that. Which is super exciting. And you go in again. Super excited. So they wanted you next week. So you're with a fertility mm-hmm. clinic right now still. You're not with a regular Correct. OBGYN because of all this Correct. fertility treatments and IVF. Um, so they want to see you one more time. Mm-hmm. So I went in, they want to see you at seven weeks. And if everything's good, um, she wanted to do at eight weeks. Um, some fertility clinic, but she was fine with eight weeks. So if everything is good next week. Um, and the growth is in line for what she saw last week to what she's going to see next week, then I'll be released to my regular OB. 
That's amazing. And go from there. Yeah. It so is. It's kind of bittersweet because I have fallen in love with these people. I don't know what I would have done without them. They have picked me up when I was down. They have, I mean, I communicate with them monthly, sometimes weekly for the last yeah. year and a change. Yeah. So mm-hmm. year plus. Yeah. Right. Over a year. So, and that's what I'm saying about you, girl. Like you, you like make friends everywhere. Part I of do, your family, part of your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, she told me, she told me the other day, I don't know that if you remember this from the appointment, but she said, out of all my patients, you're the only one I remember if it's a boy or a girl. And you're <laughs> and like, don't like, tell oh, me, don't no. tell me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm taking I mean, that as I'm a memorable person. You are a memorable, memorable person. <laughs> that's the truth Mm -hmm. so this is so exciting so we are about a year and a half into your journey from the time Mm -hmm. we you like decided like hey I'm gonna do this yes um this is my first appointment let's yeah Mm -hmm. and we have a raspberry we have a raspberry (laughs) I don't know if I'm more excited or my nieces are more excited because oh <laughs> you they probably talk about hear it, it every all day. the time, all the time. It's so good though. It's so good. They're so excited. Um yes. yeah, in the car today we were reviewing cousins with Esme. And so we're just going through her cousins in Oregon because she hasn't seen them in over a year, I think. So it's, mm-hmm. she doesn't really remember them. Um so we were kind of like going over cousins. And I was like, and you're gonna have new cousin in Kelly's belly. <laughs> <laughs> They're very excited. Yeah. Me too. Um, yeah, it's been quite a journey. So as of now, my due date is June 2nd. I'm just going to say summer of 24. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, every pregnancy is different and you just never know. Due dates. I mean, they're probably more accurate with yours because of all the testing that's gone into it, but it doesn't mean that your mm-hmm. body's going to be ready at 40 weeks right. to deliver. So right. you just never know. Right. It's kind of like a fluid thing around that time, although you'll want it to be coming sooner than later. <laughs> right. But I do want to say congratulations. I'm obviously so thank excited you, to you. become an auntie again. And Mm-hmm. I can't wait for this. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Well, I love the update. Um, we will probably talk again throughout your pregnancy and kind of see how things are going. And mm-hmm. yeah, so maybe we'll plan another one in, I don't know, maybe towards the end of first trimester, maybe. Mm-hmm. How are you yeah, feeling? Let's It'll go be... into that before we get off. Like a zombie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to really pump myself up to be able to talk today. Yeah. Because <laughs> what is first trimester like? Tired, hungry, tired, hungry. If you're not nauseous, you're hungry. <laughs> yes. It's more like a queasy for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm not going to get sick, but I am just queasy all the time. And mm-hmm. when you're queasy, you don't want to eat, but you have to eat to stop the queasiness. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you just eat it really fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> small meals. She reminded me, um, my doctor did small meals yeah. more often during the day. More often. And water, yeah. water, 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 water. Of course. I'm still working out. I modify a few things. 
but mm-hmm. I'm still uh, running and doing the CrossFit thing. So, yep, taking your vitamins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I really think most important is just yeah your fluids and your and your movement. Like just stay moving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be wild ride. It's gonna be wild. It'll wreck my world in the best way. Yeah, it will. <laughs> oh my goodness. It really will. No, it's amazing. Um, I can't wait for you to feel all the feels because I feel like mm-hmm. that's one of the coolest things of pregnancy is literally you have something inside of you moving, right? Hiccuping, you know, doing all sorts of weird stuff. Right. And you're just like, oh my gosh. Like- I was, I was Googling that yesterday. When am I going to feel them kick? Cause I'm yeah. excited about that too. Yeah. I feel like it's a while still. What did you find out? Yeah, it is. Like 20 some weeks or something like that. It said different things. Um, You feel like flutters at 16 weeks. Mm -hmm. It depends Mm -hmm. on if it's your first pregnancy or not because the thickness of your uterus and the muscles, you know, if it's like your second or third pregnancy, you might feel it sooner than last. And Mm -hmm. it's different for everybody, obviously, but it said usually like, 16 to 24. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I would say. I feel like my first one, it was like 20 to 22 weeks before I really okay. felt anything, that makes but, sense. Mm-hmm. but it still gives you plenty of time. Trust me to feel the baby right. inside you, but right. it's so cool. So again, congratulations. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. And we will talk again. Thank you, thank you. In like, I don't know, let's say gosh because the end of trimester one what 13 weeks 12 13 weeks mm-hmm. yeah it's coming up it's gonna be Which my my ob experience a- is gonna be different because mm-hmm. i'm like i'm used to going to the doctor and staying in touch with them every yeah year. Like, yeah now it's gonna be like or two so now i'm gonna be like a month and you're gonna be seeing somebody <laughs> different every single time right yeah right but it's fine yeah i'll get used to it yeah Let's try to talk in a month. So maybe we'll depending on my appointments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause we'll, you'll have the appointment next week, get discharged from fertility clinic. And then yeah, who, they knows, might wait. who knows when you set up your first right. one at the regular OB. Right. Right. So yeah, about a month ish. We'll talk again. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for your time. I love you so much. Love you too. <laughs> Bye. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for joining today. As always, I love having Kelly on. It's just kind of fun. We talk pretty much every day. She is one of my bestest, best friends and my (laughs) sister-in-law. And I love following her journey. This has been an emotional roller coaster, to say the least. And it's been really fun to actually see her get to this point and, and beyond, because now that I'm recording this, you know, we're a little bit further on. So, um, if you guys want to follow her story, you can find her on Instagram at Kelly's baby belly and it's IE's Kelly is IE. So Kelly's baby belly, I'll put a link below so you can find it. She has been posting a few updates of just appointments and, and what size the baby is now. And it's just been really fun to kind of follow her journey and encourage her through this. So next week is officially the start of December. Uh, I'm excited. I'm going to have my own solo episode the first of December. And then I have 
two guests coming on for this kind of to sandwich December. And the very end is going to be a solo episode. Also just kind of celebrating the holidays and the one year anniversary of this podcast. So if you have been around for the year or part of the year, at least I would love for you to comment, um, on Instagram. Let me know that you've been following along. If you have a favorite episode or anything like that, I would love to hear from you. That's it. Love you guys.